Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we have been discussing Dutch Sheets' book, Intercessory Prayer, and we left off last week talking about the sovereignty of God. As I was preparing this morning, I did a quick search on the Charisma Magazine website for Dutch Sheets. And I just want to show you a little something. So this book came out in 1996. And this article on the Charisma Magazine website came out March 16th, 2022. So just to show you, he's still teaching these same things that we're addressing in the book. According to this article that Dutch Sheets wrote in March, actions, prayers, and decrees, faith, endurance, obedience, and more are necessary in order for us to receive the fulfillment of God's will and purposes. That's exactly what we've been talking about. And he goes on to redefine God's sovereignty. I'll give a quote and then I'll let you respond to it. To be clear, God is sovereign. The word sovereignty, however, means all authority, not control of all that happens. How would you respond to that? Well, that's pretty typical pop theology, be it traditional evangelical in some cases, or even the, the, he's charismatic. Mm-hmm. The idea is we need to have definitions that fit the whole counsel of God revealed in Scripture. Okay. So he would like things to be more open-ended so that if we learn the right things and do things the right way, we get the outcome we're looking for. Right. So to have a somewhat out-of-control universe that may end up one way or another is hardly what the Bible defines as God being sovereign. Right. And it doesn't fit the data in the scripture as far as what the Bible says, where and the, the Holy Spirit inspired the word of God. The biblical authors spoke for God, and they're not having the same idea that Dutch Sheets does. Yes. And it's not even possible to take the ending, for example, of Romans 8, which we've gone over in this series, and come up with the conclusion, God's not in control. Right. He says here, and this is, again, Dutch Sheets in the Charisma Magazine article, he's speaking of Satan. He cannot defeat God, but he can at times defeat us and thereby thwart God's will. And when I read that, I thought to myself, what happened to no purpose of thine can be thwarted? It doesn't account for most of what the scripture says. And in my opinion, even with people that I've known over the years and worked with that just will not ever believe many of the statements in the Bible. Okay. Some people, the way they refute the sovereignty of God is find somebody they don't like in church history who did believe it and attack that person. Right. Or Calvin and Servetus, or we've all heard all the arguments, but 
it's not really even relevant. What's relevant is what God's word actually says. The underlying assumption, which is one that I am really dedicated to try to help people get over, is that everything has to come from church history because you can't expect ordinary people to know the Bible and draw the truth and comprehensive theology from the Bible themselves. Right. Now, that assumption is not shared by the biblical writers. Okay. And right now I'm working, in, a, in when I'm teaching Sunday school, I'm in Acts chapter 20, which is Paul's address to the Ephesian elders, his longest address to elders and to the church in the book of Acts. And what he says there is totally different than Dutch sheets and an awful lot of other people believe. Right. Okay. So we can know the whole counsel of God. We can know what God has said. We can know the scriptures. We can learn. We can grow. And we can help uh, the church be trained and taught what God has said. We mm -hmm. don't have to go to this sort of thing, which on its surface is missing some of the key statements in the Bible. Yes. So... And what they do is they stick in their own circles and reinforce their deficient ideas and never address the the issues that would indicate they're wrong. Right. For example, if God's not in control of his own universe, then when the Bible talks about all things, in the Greek, talpanta, the, the all, all things, and in many different cases, the context would say it's meant literally. Yes. Okay. Will Dutch sheets ever, in a moderated debate, with somebody able to deal with his claims, defend his own position that God's not in charge of his own universe? Well, I don't know, but that would be interesting to hear him try to do. I actually was in a debate with someone who I would consider more noble-minded, although certainly in the air, and that was Greg Boyd. Yes. And he was willing to defend his belief that God's not in charge in a sense because he believed that in open theism, God doesn't know what's going to happen. Okay. But why should we give credence to those who won't even deal with the other passages, many passages in the Bible, that would be contrary to their own claims. Right. I know, having been in the charismatic, I know why they don't, because everything has to be positive. Yes. So any note of, I think you're wrong in your Bible interpretation, they consider, not everybody, but a lot of people say, well, you're going to... You're think, quenching the spirit. <laughs> Vision, you're going to quench the spirit. Mm -hmm. So in that way of thinking, prophecy and judging prophecy, which is bringing forth valid implication and application of Scripture, or if they're not valid, discussing it, correcting it, that can't be. It's right. going to quench the spirit. So the Holy Spirit who inspired the Bible will be quenched if we teach the Bible for what it actually says. Yes. Can you imagine that? The Holy Spirit's greed when I teach what he, the Spirit, said once for all, and I'm very careful 
get it in context, consult the languages in which it was written, and lay it out there and show that it means what the biblical author said. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. And no, that'll quench the Spirit, because you, you can't do that. You just got to listen to us and don't have any disagreement. Right. So that is, frankly, uh, harmful to the body of Christ. And I think we do well to not listen to people who behave that way and intimidate people who think, well, that's a great man of God. I don't dare disagree. Yeah. So just as he was saying in his article here in March uh, 2022, we have our part to play which I think we would say, yes, we do, but not in the way that he means it. And then here's what he wrote in his book in 1996. We have a part to play in the securing of protection and other heavenly provisions. And that's kind of his point of this chapter is that we need prayers of protection to create boundaries. Now, was that something that you were involved in back years ago? Well, oftentimes we had issues that would happen, and then we'd call an all-night prayer and fasting meeting. Okay. And people would get words from God about why things weren't working the way they were supposed to. Okay. And there there was required days of fasting every week. And uh, the prayers of protection... I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what was going on, but what what was most important and often listened to was if somebody got a revelation about something. Okay. Personal words from God. So someone would get a revelation that something was wrong and we need to get it straightened out, whatever it was, some something in the realm of the spirit. And okay. so I'm reading this book here, you see similar things. Yes. And I would think in a lot of groups, it's very much like that. The assumption is if you could hear the voice of God clearly and regularly, you'd avoid problems. Okay. Do you still hear that? Yes. Yep. And 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 in some ways, it's just the way Christians talk. I'm not even always sure people mean it quite the way they say it, but, or they'll just say, you know, I'm waiting for a word from the Lord on this. Yeah. Or then there's always assumption that you did something wrong. Yes. You either didn't hear from God or you did something wrong. Yep. Assumption is if you did hear from God, you wouldn't have the same problems. Okay. And if you did things right, you'd be healthy and happy and prosperous. Right. I noticed where we left off in this book on page 91. He says as many as 80% of those who consider themselves born again don't tithe. Right. And so they're opening themselves to a curse. Okay, wow. Let's talk about that for a minute. Is tithing, as we see it in the Old Testament, even a New Testament command? Oh, it's not taught as binding on people in the church. Okay. Yeah, and I've written about that and taught about it. I probably, I don't know if I have an article about it, but I know I've dealt with that. They use Malachi and consider whatever laws they were under under Moses is binding on Christians. Okay. The, the Bible doesn't say that. Right. Okay. 
we have offerings that we give freely as much as we can, whenever we can, but we don't have a 10% tithe. People are free to give from their heart generously, however they see fit. Yes. A lot of the material in the New Testament comes from Paul's mission to collect money to help the saints in Jerusalem. That's right. But his big concern, besides alleviating the suffering, which they did with with deacons and various things that they did to take care of people, but it was also even more important was the unity of the church. Yes. I've been teaching Luke Acts as two volume work for off and on 15, over 15 years now. And it's becoming more clear to me all the time. The big danger is that there was going to be a Jewish church based more on law that would be headquartered in Jerusalem and a Gentile church that's different. Okay. And Paul wanted to head that off. Right. And taking up the offering at the time of Claudius, which was this, the famine happened, I believe, in 49 AD. And then there was another offering in a later uh, journey that Paul made, was to show the unity of the body of Christ. So under the New Covenant, we have the Jew, the Greek, and the Church of God. Okay. And Ephesians 2 talks about the one new man made of redeemed Jews and Gentiles. So tithing was was part of the law of Moses. Right. And it was based on the priesthood and the need of the Levites, as well as the idea of having a land. Okay. The church doesn't have a land. Right. Contrary to these false teachers who claim that. Mm -hmm. The church doesn't have the land. The We don't have a... a, a whole system of Levitical sacrifices because Jesus Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, and he paid the penalty. Yes. The authority of Scripture, the high priesthood of Jesus Christ, and the priesthood of every believer. Giving and offerings and caring for people is part of what we do as the family of God, but it's not based on law, and there's no pronouncement that if you didn't give a certain percent to a certain place, then you're cursed. Right. So that whole idea has has been so abused. False teachers browbeat people demanding that they give money. Yes. False promises that they're going to solve all their financial problems if they give money to the evangelists, whoever wants the money. And some of this has been exposed as in the past as being fraudulent, but it just keeps going on. Yeah. The truth is that Christians, having been forgiven sins, loving one another, being part of the family God of, of God, we care for each other. Okay. That always happens. Right. And it's been true wherever I've been as a Christian. Okay. Even in, despite some of the false things going on, I've noticed that Christians really do care, and they'll take action, and they'll help one another. Yes. This isn't a technique to stave off bad fate. It's a relationship with God and one another. 
Right. I was reading this section in preparation for this uh, recording today. The big thing I see wrong is that Dutch Sheets is teaching almost, you call it a spiritual technology. Okay. You do it a certain way. You gain certain secret information from the world of the spirits, which he thinks God gives ideas in your brain. And, oh, that's what God told me. Okay. If you follow these things correctly, you avert bad outcomes. All right. Here's Which the, is what he says here. Yeah, it's go ahead. The, the quote that you just shared, as many as 80% of those who consider themselves born again don't tithe, thereby opening themselves to a curse. Okay, so you might be a Christian, but you can still be cursed? Not according to Ephesians 1.3. Right. He's a blessing with every blessing in the heavenly places. Why? Because of relationship, not knowledge, secret information, techniques, or I gave more than somebody else. Yes. Or I, I mean, this, this is basically you didn't give enough, therefore God cursed you. Interestingly, as I was looking at that, Pastor Eric was over to help me a little bit yesterday, and he mentioned what he's going to preach on. Yes. And it's, it's very timely. It's, a, it's this passage, Matthew 7, 11. He has a section of Matthew he's been preaching through. It says this, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Right. So if you read the terminology about in the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' teaching, and then I'll show you the Old Testament has the same sort of terminology. It's not technological, method, it's not methodological, is that correct? It's not a method. Yeah. It's, it's a relationship with the Heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us. Right. He knows better than we do what we need. Yes. He's committed not only to our well-being, but that well-being includes holiness and sanctification and having a heart with love and mercy and hope and joy and things like that, not, well, things went bad because you didn't give your 10%. Right. It's, it's really sad to see that. And it misrepresents even the reality of the old covenant. Yeah. Because, so that's from Matthew 7, 11. So it's- okay. God is our father in a relationship we have if we're born of God and we're part of the family of God, if we believe the gospel. Right. What was it like under the old covenant? Was the old covenant simply you do it right and you get the best outcome? No. Let me read something here that I looked up today preparing for this little section where he gives a story. Christians have it bad because they didn't give their 10%. Okay. Sorry, Malachi. Here's what even the Old Covenant had. It was relational. It wasn't technological or outcome-based. You do it a certain way, you get a certain outcome. Okay. Exodus 6, 6 through 8. By the way, this is the background for the Passover where they have the cups. Okay. Yeah. Blessing. Okay. Let me read it. Exodus 6, 6. Say, therefore, to the sons of Israel, I am 
the Lord, that's Yahweh, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great judgments. I will take you for my people. I will be your God, and you will know that I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Again, mentioning that covenant name Yahweh. This is not technological, secret information, occultic spiritism. It's God keeping his promises to the patriarchs. Amen. And yes, there was a lot of rebellion. Yes, there were people who would rather go back to Egypt and they came under judgment, but they came under judgment because they rejected a relationship. Right. So this is relational. Dear ones, if you're listening to this, don't let the teachers of spiritual technology and do it this way and get these secret words that may or may not be from God rob you of the understanding of God as father who cares for his own people. Yes. And to show you how profound this is, if you go to the to Luke, when you have the, the Last Supper, these cups, and Paul mentions that also in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, the cup of blessing was based on these promises. Okay. Of, at the Passover. Right. Passover, the Last Supper, Jesus is sharing the cup. Okay. The, the last one hasn't yet been shared because it'll happen at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yes. The fact that it's relational can be seen by Judas wasn't really part. He was the betrayer. Right. He ran out. Okay. Betrayed okay. the Just like some under the old covenant, perished because they wanted to go back to Egypt. Yes. They rejected the relationship. And so when we have the Lord's Supper, we're remembering what God did for us. We're remembering that he's, he is, we're his people, and we're looking forward to Mary's Supper of the Lamb, and we're encouraging one another. And Paul brought strong rebuke at in 1 Corinthians 11 because they weren't doing it that way. They had the inner circle who were the people having a glorious feast because they were the haves, the wealthy, mm -hmm. important people in Corinth, and everybody else sat out here and had nothing. Yeah. That's not that's not right. So this is what will help people. When you run across this, and it's everywhere, if you look at these cable channels that are Christian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> after another, after another, after another, is teaching the wrong way. Technique, knowledge, look how great we are. Give us your money, whatever it is they claim. This is a relationship. The Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to the children. Now, if you being evil, showing the sin nature, want to tell you, now typically, I know there are really sick families out there, but typically, we would like to give good gifts to our children. Okay. But we don't just make them learn some secret and then they, they gain more. We, we're looking for their well-being, that they grow and learn 
what they need to know. Yes. I don't understand how Dutch sheets can make these claims. Right. And some of them, we will probably come back to this in a couple of weeks, but a page or two ahead, he says, let's realize the love of God is unconditional, but his favor and blessing are not. Okay, so what's the implication of that in your life? Right. Well, it, it uh, you know, as he would say, it means you had better figure out how to get the things right because it's up to you. That's how I read it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so God will love us, but if we don't get it right, then we don't get any blessing. Right. So... And his examples of getting it right are based on getting secret, special revelations in our mind, metaphysical impressions that we take to be the voice of God, not scripture alone, but right. voice that we get beyond scripture about what we have to do. Okay. And he gives an example like that from somebody else. I used to think that way. And so the miracle is that I even survived. Okay. I mean, I followed some voices of God in my 20s that um, I just it wasn't even wisdom. Right. I thought I was supposed to help some certain guy and I and do anything I could to help him. I ended up down in Mexico trying to, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and to my shame, I, I should have known better. I had great teachers in Bible colleges that stay in the Bible. That's okay. the and so when I got out of that wrong way of looking at it, I just went back to teaching the Bible because that we know is the word of God. Yes. And even the, I went to a Pentecostal Bible college. They had, these were seasoned teachers. And I thank God in his providence. I was there when I was. Okay. I had been a military chaplain in Korea for 20 years. Others have been teaching for decades. They'd already lived through the William Branham stuff that had happened earlier. In the 20s. Okay. And they said, stay in the Bible. And they would tell stories about how people would just make shipwreck because they didn't listen to what's, what God says in his word. One teacher said this, and this was Pentecostal where sometimes people would stand up and speak in tongues in the service. Okay. And one teacher says, Somebody can be reading from the word of God and people are shuffling around and leaving and saying this or doing that or poking their kids or whatever, paying no attention. Mm -hmm. Somebody could be the most carnal minded person in the whole thing, stand up, start speaking in tongues and everybody comes to attention. <laughs> yeah. And this was, this was a Pentecostal saying this. And he said, and God bless that dear brother. He said, we know the Bible's the word of God. What that guy was saying may or may not have been. Right. I don't know what that was, but we pay more attention to something like that than what we know God said. Yes. It's interesting to hear that from dear brothers that really were a great blessing to me, but I had to go learn the hard way. All right. Do you want to give us a quick wrap up? Yeah. Think about that. Would you rather have relationship with your heavenly father who knows knows better than you do what you need and is, has all things 
at his disposal, as he claims in the Bible. His sovereignty means that he cares for his own people and he'll get us to the right place at the right time. Yes. As we believe his promises. Would you rather understand God as your father who cares for you or would you rather see if you can't get the right revelation or given the right amount of money or get the right, go to the right meeting so that you can stave off bad outcomes. Right. I'm going to trust that God loves me and cares for me and he'll get me to where I need to be. And as I believe him and trust him and believe his promises. Amen. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website, cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.